Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Jeff. Hello, Russ. How are you doing? I am well. Good. I am well as well. All is well. Last week was, was an interesting week, and this week uh, will be as well. So, well. Well, God is on the throne. He is on the throne, and he's doing what he well will. Do- <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. It's good to have you on again this week. Uh, thanks for bringing the message on Sunday. It was a, uh, It's a not a tough passage necessarily, but a, a different one. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the ways that you pointed out of it being a very physical component. Mm-hmm. Uh, of shifting to to a woman as a focus, yeah. And so it's, it's I've, I've enjoyed these these snapshots of people as we walk through this chapter. I think I've said that every week, but yeah, it's it's really cool to see these things just play out in these little micro examples. Yeah. And the the drumbeat of the pattern of that for me is is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Of that mon that mundanity that we've been talking about. Yep. Hey, you even see that just in the see he did it too. See he did it too. Yep. See he did it too. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, that was great. I agree with you. That's that's an encouragement to see, as I said yesterday, this ragtag band of people mm. who, in and of themselves, were, were really nothing. Yeah. But God did something great through them, which is the way He likes to operate, <laughs> so that there is no doubt um, who is doing the miraculous work. Yeah, true. That's, that's what we said early in planting. It was like I don't want to be able to explain any of what was happening. Yeah. It was probably by our hand then. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. This week we were in chapter 11 still, verses 11 through 12. Uh, the sermon was titled, They Who Trust Him Holy, Find Him Holy True. And so um, two main primary points uh, that, that walked us through that was that Sarah received power mm-hmm. and Sarah considered Jesus. Yeah. I think those two things really help uh, set the primary trajectory of some of that mundanity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the received power is Acts 1.8, you'll receive power, right? Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then so then what are we supposed to go do? We're supposed to have people consider Jesus. We're supposed to, you know, Matthew 28, go tell them to observe and obey everything that I've said. Mm-hmm. But that, that really helps just continue to fit that catalog. But I know that as you were tackling this passage last week, uh, Monday and Tuesday were not necessarily difficult, but they were they were different. <laughs> they, they were. Can you walk were, us through that? Yeah, they were different. Um, usually, I've said before on the podcast that my uh, my normal routine of sermon prep is to sit in the text as early as possible. So I'm usually reading it, you know, the week before anyway, tracking along with what the other preachers are doing. So my normal routine is, you know, Monday morning, I usually just read myself full, um, everything that, uh, the text and all the, all the, uh, parallel scriptures to that. And then I read commentary and so I'm just kind of steep in that for a while. And then I start to put it together, um, the next day. And after I got done halfway through my day on Monday on reading, I, I came to you and I was like, I'm not sure if this is about Sarah. This might be about Abraham still, even though she's the one mentioned. Sure. And that's the way the ESV and a couple other translations roll with it. Uh, and, and quite a few commentators, but there's just as many other commentators. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ironically enough, who are like boasting in their pedigree <laughs> that their <laughs> that their uh, their opinion was stronger. Um, so like BB Warfield and guys like that. Uh, so it could be is an argument that it could be a continuation of uh, the faith of Abraham, and Sarah is just a part of that. Mm-hmm. But the more I studied and the more I just looked at the the original language, um, I'm pretty confident because I went with it being Sarah mm-hmm. that it's um, speaking of her. You could, I think, you could make an argument that obviously both of them are joined together in this. But she's literally the vessel mm-hmm. um, that's used for the promised child that God gave to Abraham, and um, also Pink is just kind of. Uh, I think untouchable in a lot of his commentary on <laughs> Hebrews. Uh, he's just really good, so he was very convincing as well. So I, I was convinced that way, and then as I started leaning, you know, harder into Sarah, I had more conversations with you, um, and some conversations with my wife and some others. Like, I think this is just a straight up sermon to the women. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think I should just like preach First Peter three. You know, yeah. about like, because Peter commends Sarah to us as an example of a godly woman. Not Mary? Not Mary, no. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Which is funny because uh, I was talking to Brent about this and, you know, her response was, well, when she thought of Sarah, she didn't really think of uh, a woman of great faith. Because you know, we always, when we think about when we think about Sarah, she laughed mm-hmm. in God's face at the promise and she presents Hagar, yeah. you know, and a lot of what a good that did, right? That was horrible. Still doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she, and if you go and read it, it's it's really sad and tragic what happens to her and how she treats her, and you know, which is uh, which was really compelling to me this week to see yet again how God uses wretched sinners for His glory and and changes them, hmm. you know. And, w- and one interesting piece there um, that I, I didn't talk about yesterday was none of Sarah's failures are mentioned in Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. And that's not just because he's summarizing uh, these characters, but because that's the nature of God's power and grace and at work and forgiveness is that it's not mentioned. Yeah, um, He doesn't say, eh, she did all these things, but no, he doesn't mention those things at all. He commends her to us as this great hero of faith. So that was a, that was kind of the what goes on the cutting floor. And there was quite a bit that went on the cutting floor because there really could have been a sermon just strictly to what does it look like to be a a wife who submits to her husband even though he's made some pretty pretty significant mistakes. I mean, Abraham sure. is like, you know, selling her off to the Pharaoh. Yeah. You know, and he's about to do it again, uh-huh. right, right after the promise uh, is given. And so obviously he's not given her a lot of um, great um, opportunities to have faith in him. Sure. And that's difficult, right? What are you supposed to do with that? So I kind of uh, walked down the middle of that, though. I felt like that, it felt like as we talked about um, the things that wanted to stand in opposition to the promise, and I gave a list of those things, um, that we just really see the very practical, like you said earlier, like just the really practical nature of faith coming and touching her physical body, and then just the really like granular boots on the ground, flesh and blood examples of how the fall, in particular, Adam shirking his responsibility, which is seen in Abraham, and Eve wanting to rule over her husband, which is seen in in Sarah. 
mm-hmm. right? That's, that happens in the face of the promise and that happens in our church and that's the struggle yeah. that we face every single day in our marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And so go our marriages, you know, so goes the home yeah. and so goes the church, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, uh, I feel like I struck a good balance in that. Um, it was. But there was a lot <laughs> that wasn't said. Well, I mean, that's, t- part of me wants to tackle this question almost exclusively today because I think it's, it's a great example of like what are, what's the goal and mm-hmm. what's the actual dangers that are present in the way that we divide the text. Yeah. Because in a sense, you could, I think, faithfully go either way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, on the two that you kind of landed on. And, but, but what is the, what's the danger is that if we don't do the extra work to find what he's, what we think he's actually trying to say, then when we start to get up to level two and three of like application, Mm -hmm. that's when we can potentially start to be stretching because we didn't really get the right foundation. Right. So it's, it's tempting to go the way that's obvious because it might be beautiful or poetic or we can start to try to tie in all these other things that we think are related. But if we're not careful to spend that extra day, you know, really working through, yeah, it can go awry further down the, down the line. Yeah. And that, I don't like that because I like to, um, Mondays, the intake day. And then I like to, I really like to have an, a bare bones outline at the end of the day. And then I can just start filling it in the next, next morning. At the very least, like I got to have an outline Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. Like I didn't have an outline until like way late in the week. I was like pulling your style yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that stresses me, but I was like, I can't start putting stuff down. And so I figure out, yeah. I figured out again, pretty soon they were talking about Sarah and then where do we go with this? You know, you can go in a very pastoral way in text and be very faithful. You can go in a, in a much kind of higher level. Uh, you can pull out one thing and roll with it. You know, do, do you put, do you have to go like chronologically? Do you have to go 11 and then 12 in the order of the verses? Or can you pull, can you jump around a little bit? Yeah. You know, so you can be faithful to it. I think a lot of it has to do with knowing your people mm-hmm. and knowing the struggles and the sins that they're facing. Sure. Um, and so I really try to make sure I have people in mind and, and preach to them in particular. But yeah, there was a lot that was left on the cutting floor, but yeah, yeah, I thought about doing a part two, but you know, <laughs> is there any one thing that would rise to the top? Yeah, like I said, I could have really spent a lot of, I could have spent a ton of time more on my kind of opening point about the nature of her faith being very physical. Mm. You know, Pink says that we see in Sarah's example, unlike others, the really like practical nature, the intensely practical nature of faith. Yeah. Like, like power from heaven comes down to her physical body. Mm-hmm. She is dead. Um, yeah, most of our applications womb. that we've been rolling with past several weeks are very relational. And yeah, so we're saying yes, it's it's mundane, it's in moment by moment, but then we frame it inside of sin and relationships. Yeah, exactly. And so, like you see that, I think more, I think more than any other example in, in eleven, mm-hmm. you see that in her. And so, I could have spent a long time talking about um, the supernatural um, healing physical power of faith and what does that look like and I um I was really intrigued in my study and sometimes you know you start to go down a path of study and sermon prep and you're like this is really cool (laughs) you're like okay that's not the main point I can touch on that I'll come back to that later for fun but do we really believe that the prayer of faith saves the sick Mm. right like it says in James 5 um those who um come asking the elders 
uh, to anoint them with oil. I, I mean, you know, I've practiced that before. Uh, there's no special power in that oil. It's just a, a representation of a setting apart. Uh, you belong to the Lord. So, you know, so when Samuel anoints David, you belong to the Lord now. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, sometimes I think the scripture gives us helpful physical signs and things that we can do. Sure. We do know, that weekly. Exactly. Like communion <laughs> to remind us because we're, it's, we can put it in our hands, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, a, we're, we're a very tangible type of people. So if God told his people to pile up rocks to remember the promise, yeah. you know, um, some, something like that is, I think, helpful. But do we believe that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up? He's supposed to confess their sins. There's a lot of stuff packed in there that I could have kind of gone with. And because uh, Sarah receives physical power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a huge piece of of our faith and that how we have kind of um, dumbed down our faith when it comes to healing of our physical bodies to, well, we have modern medicine now. Yeah. So obviously there's just roll with that. And I said yesterday, like, look, obviously those are amazing gifts of common grace. Praise God. I mean, thank God for Motrin. I, <laughs> and, I used Excedrin yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Praise God for that. <laughs> Bryn says that all the time. She's like, if we were born in a bygone era, like we'd be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll Much joke, less useful. Yeah, well, you know, we'll joke about like Viking era or something, and she's always like, "Babe, you would have like died of dysentery. Like you wouldn't have died on the battlefield. <laughs> you would have like died on a creek. Yeah, you're like a tummy ache and wouldn't have been able to con- you know go out on on the battlefield at all. So it's probably true. So praise God for <laughs> modern medicine. But and you can swing, man. You can swing, the pendulum can swing in both directions on that because you have, I mean, I have seen some horribly wicked things where people are praying for, you know, the baby in the womb that's dead uh, to come back to life and telling the the mom if she just has more faith. But that's like, you got to manifest this faith through speaking in tongues or something. I'm not saying that God couldn't bring life back, Mm -hmm. right? But so I've seen that kind of stuff. And then again, on the other side of the pendulum, I've seen people that are like, they just don't go to the Lord first in prayer, yeah. right? They don't, they don't say, Lord, will you heal us of this um, cold or will you heal us of this cancer? I mean, I, I remember a gentleman in our church um, at Victory who had cancer, terminal cancer, older gentleman, um, and he had some things in his family that he had to get um, established before he died. He was the patriarch of a, fa- a pretty large family and they needed some guidance and direction. And we prayed together. I remember we walked out James chapter five and the elders prayed over him and his cancer went away for like four months. Hmm. Like, and I'm not, I'm a little more charismatic in that, in that sense than some. Um, but I'm not like running around, you know, slapping holy oil, holy oil on everybody, you know, be, be healed. And I'm not Benny Hinn in anybody. By the way, if you want to see something really hysterical, go Google on YouTube, Benny Hinn lightsaber. And it's, they, so they've seen that one, and, you know, and he's and, faith healing people and they put the lightsaber in his hand. It's hysterical. Seen that and bodies of the floor. <laughs> bodies, exactly. It's the best thing ever. Um, so I'm not doing that, but there is this, uh, there is this real power that God gives us, I think, when we ask in faith. Like the, like I said yesterday, well, and those the leper. things shouldn't surprise us. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't make us laugh. No, exactly. If God <laughs> is the exactly, if God is the God uh, who formed us in our mother's womb, then 
then he knows us intricately and he has the power to to do what he will. And so what I, what I wanted to say too extra yesterday was to make sure that um, this is this faith, uh, this supernatural healing faith is not separate from what we've been talking about. Right? It's not separate from what Matt talked about last week and yep. that faith is simply following in obedience God's command, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if if God has decided not to heal me and I've asked and I've searched my heart to see if there's any reasons why um, and, and, I've, and I've walked out with doctors and you know all the practical stuff, then I got to know that God has a really good reason for not healing me. Um, but I don't think that that should um, cause me to not keep asking. Sure. Right? Because maybe maybe it's just later. Maybe he's just going to heal me later. Uh, that's been my experience with prayer. I've said for a while, God is always on time three days late mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> well, I told my boys last night, I was like, look, God's time, uh, it's like Narnia, right? Yeah. The kingdom time is faster. You know, I was encouraging Ben and Maddie in that. Like, yeah. you know, they're looking at, they want to come back here and they're looking at potentially four years. And I'm like, look, it's like Narnia. The kingdom time is fast, right? Yeah. It's our time that's slow. Well, I was going to say, my feelings is more along the lines of Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> right. He arrives precisely when he means to, which right. is right. usually three days late for me. Yeah, exactly. It's actually perfect. It's always on yeah, time. Yeah, it's always on time. It's exactly when it's supposed to happen. So I think that um, in our those who are discouraged, you know, those who are trying to have babies or those who are facing um, big health issues... Um, ask the Lord to heal you. Mm-hmm. Um, walk out James five and see what happens. And, and expecting these things to happen, not being surprised. Yeah, not being surprised that our God can do these things. The line that stuck out to me the most yesterday in my relative stupor <laughs> was that God did not let her get away with her unbelief. He yeah. turns and asks, "Why did Sarah laugh?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the same kind of like, I don't know. The way that you asked it was the same kind of tenor that I imagine, you know, uh, God in the garden saying, mm. Adam, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. That kind of like, yeah. And it just, it really touched me in the moment of God's not going to let her get away with her unbelief. And we're yeah. getting ready to hit chapter 12 here in a little bit. Yeah. When we talk about discipline, but, but man, like to see that as grace yeah. is, is such a huge piece. Yeah. And in particular, that moment is, uh, in that moment is when Sarah's like smoldering embers, mm-hmm. you know, are sparked into begin to spark into flame. And I love it because he doesn't give her some giant display, you know, he doesn't like call down lightning from heaven or show her a <laughs> miracle or something. He just says why he looks at Abraham, which is you could again, you could talk about some other yeah. why did your wife laugh? There's a responsibility that he has to bear on this, you know. Haven't mm-hmm. you been preaching the promise to her mm. since I told it to you? Right? Like there's a lot you could say there about husbands and wives and responsibility. But he says that he doesn't even address her, but in that moment she again she realizes that he heard her thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it was that simple for her. It wasn't some giant display. Yeah. It was if God knows my thoughts then he knows the end from the beginning mm-hmm. and he knows how this is going to happen if I don't. So yeah. in the little quiet moments in our hearts when we're doing the mundane things, right? When she was in the tent preparing food for these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be encouraged that the Lord is with us. He knows us. He understands um, our frame and he hears the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Yeah, And that should cause us to walk in reverent fear and honor of him and it also should comfort us to know that he knows the end from the beginning and Mm -hmm. he does all things well 
so we can trust him. So that, that was something I was going to, you know, I could riff on for a long time. There's more to say about the prayer of faith that saves the sick, but I think we need to ask so that's what in you said you were going to give him some more, some more uh, context on. Yeah, we need to ask in bigger faith. I think that you know, we have a very sm- – you said we shouldn't be surprised that God can do these things. I think when we come to prayer for these kinds of things, we, we have kind of this thought of, I, yeah, I know theoretically that God can heal me, but he's probably just going to use a doctor to do it. Mm. And that might be the case. It really might be. But I think that our faith has to be like the leper I talked about yesterday where he just looks at Jesus and he said, hey, if you can heal me, if you will heal me, you can make me clean. I know it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that genuine just like, um, it's not a feeling that you conjure up. It's just, a, I, I trust the word of God. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The most recent example I have of this is us trying to buy this house. Like mm-hmm. I chased down every quote unquote doctor as it were. Right. Every avenue that I could on this, this house that we bought. And I, at the end of it, I'm like, I did everything that I could. Mm-hmm. It is literally going to take an angel falling out of the sky yeah. and say, here's a lot of money. Right. <laughs> and you can pay us back later. Right. And that's what happened three yeah. days later. Yeah. And praise God for that. So it's it's super awkward in, in a sense because it's unusual. Mm-hmm. But it should be the expected thing for God's people. As, yeah. as Matt and, and you have said, is like, God signs our paychecks. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does. What do you expect? Good question. Right. Not enough. Yeah, and on two, we often think like, we think so practically, and I have a tendency to do this. I think I'm a, I'm a realist in a lot of ways, and I think that there's a You good, have to be in a lot of ways. And I was going to say, exactly. It's part of leading. Exactly. There's a good bit to say about that. Like That's why we talk about blue-collar theology and mm-hmm. backport batch back porch theologians and that's that's what we mean like it's this is practical stuff but i I think that we forget like just go back and read hebrews 11 they tell uh, he tells noah to build a giant boat Mm -hmm. right like this is crazy stuff he tells um his followers to go and pray with the windows open when the king said not to Knowing that you're going to get thrown to lions, you know, those kinds of things. That's, well, that's craziness, right? Well, yeah, in the, in the, through the lens of this world, but not through the lens of the kingdom. And so I think we should not be surprised. Um, There's more I can say about that stuff, but I think we got to be careful that we, I guess the question that I get a lot is, well, how do you know, like in the case of your house or what about with a sickness, how do I know if I'm just being foolish, right? Like is it actually trusting in the Lord and believing that he's going to act or am I just being foolish and neglecting mm-hmm. a doctor or am I neglecting, you know, I shouldn't get this house. I just to stay in the house I'm in. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, when is it actually faith and is it, is it faith or is it foolishness? Yeah. Right. And he, I think there's markers for that. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Um, but I, I think too, that it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a dance with it, the Holy Spirit. I think it has to be a blend of those. If it doesn't look foolish, then I don't think it can can be faith. Right. Now, that doesn't mean go do every foolish thing. No. Thing, to your point. <laughs> right. But, I mean, to, to reinforce what you said as far as, like, the being convinced or being persuaded before you, quote-unquote, submit. Yeah. That's why there has to be some kind of view of, like, ah, oh, this is unusual. Yeah. Now, I think there is a line between unusual and foolishness. There is. Um. 
because there's a lot to the point of even of us talking about leaders having practicals. I have a good bit of budget I can still line up, and if that doesn't make sense, then it's foolish for me to do. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I have to account for every penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, if this is where I feel God is leading us, this is what he's showing us in prayer, this is how he's providing, this is how he's growing us, blah, blah, blah. You check right. all these things along the way. It's not just one event. And then you get to this point and you're like, all right, well, most of the math makes sense. Not all of it. Right. Most of the you know events make sense. Not all of it. Right. We'll trust the Lord. We'll move forward. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. He's not going to leave you there if it's the wrong thing. Right. Uh, he didn't leave them with Ishmael. Mm-hmm. The promise continued. Yeah. Because it's his promise. Yeah. That's the uniqueness of this particular covenant. There are blessings and curses for obedience. Mm-hmm. And we saw Israel have to walk through that and their curse and exile. But he doesn't leave them in Babylon. Yeah. Right? Every time he goes and gets. Yeah, that's good. When it comes to like the healing of our physical bodies, we should always have a posture of the Lord is the great physician. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the one who heals. So that looks like practically if your kid breaks his arm, um, you don't drop to your knees and say, please heal his broken arm. Right <laughs> now, could the Lord do that? Yes, he could. Mm-hmm. Yes, he could. And if you're out in the middle of the jungle <laughs> because you're ministering to an unreached people group. Now is good. Now is good to, for the <laughs> Lord to heal the arm, right? Um, and can somebody please help us try to set it, right? Yeah. Um, but if we have the opportunity to go down to the emergency room because your kid broke his arm, you should do it. But this, the posture still should, still should be lots of things could go wrong with a broken arm. Lots of things can go bad with a concussion. Lots of things can go bad with a cut. And unless the Lord sustains us, mm-hmm. we are lost yep. and undone. And that's the posture that Sarah had to take. I said that yesterday. Like, How many times did, uh, did a messenger show up to from the Lord to God's people and say, here's what you're supposed to do, and then he went away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you kind of like turn around to your life and say, uh, okay. Yeah. He didn't give me all the details, right? Yeah. And uh, Bruce Almighty, not Bruce Almighty, the other one. Evan Almighty? Evan Almighty. Yeah. The shipments show up at the house, right? Yeah. You didn't have to yeah. go get all the locks. Exactly. <laughs> you expect the contractors to show up and help you make this happen. Right. This just doesn't happen that way. But you got to remember that um, if the Lord, if unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, unless the, you know, the Lord watches the city, the watchman is going to watch in vain. He's the sustainer. And so Sarah, when she has this baby in her womb now, there's all sorts of fears. There's all sorts of stuff that could go wrong. Like that he still has, she still has to trust just as much that the Lord will sustain her during that time. I mean, how many women have died in childbirth? I was going to say, every time we talk about Sarah, the, the, it is, and I, we haven't struggled with infertility either. So I, I, I tread lightly here, but like the getting pregnant part was the impossible part. Yeah. But but that's a moment. Yeah. And then you have nine months of freaking out about the I think harder part. Yeah. As an old age. lady. <laughs> I mean, if we consider she's old, I mean, she's like yes. extra hardship on her body. And then she's thinking like, I got to take care of this baby uh-huh. as an old person, you yep. know, and Abraham's even older. Yep. Right. And so there's sustaining grace there too. So we always have to have a posture of unless the Lord sustains me. Mm-hmm. I'm undone. So I, I can go to a doctor and he can set it or he can say he got all the cancer, but the Lord is the Lord over our bodies. No, and s- when we talk about providence, we often forget that component. We know yeah. that he upholds everything. Yep. And we know that he governs everything over top, but there's the middle point when he is actively involved, sustaining everything. He is. He is. And we shouldn't be surprised that he, um, that as we walk in accordance 
to his word in faith that he heals and blesses. And this is the same, in the same vein, you can throw First Peter 3, where I talked about wives submitting to their husbands. I took a, I don't know if you noticed yesterday, I took a, um, a bit of a, uh, a gentler tone uh, because a large part of my sermon was to the women, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted my posture to be more um, uh, appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a difference when I was talking to the men in the sermon as when I was talking to the women um, and said just as many hard things, sure. but in a different posture. But this, sisters, is where you have to also expect that the Lord is powerful and mighty to save that when you're looking at a um, a husband who is not perfect, like Abraham, and just go read about the man, like he was nothing special, mm-hmm. he really wasn't, and yet he is he is commended so many times. You know, Paul uh, commends him to us in Romans five. You know, he didn't doubt or waver once, mm-hmm. right? And he grew in his faith. And but then there's this very real life husband that Sarah has to look at and mm-hmm. say. Yeah, but he lied and said I was his sister. And <laughs> who then later is going to go sacrifice that son? Exactly. It was like gathering wood to go sacrifice the son that I was waiting for. Exactly. And she's, uh, Peter says, is the example that all godly wives should follow because she looked at her husband, the imperfect husband, and called him Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think what happens, and in the same vein of like, well, is this wisdom or is this? foolishness when it comes to the Lord healing our physical bodies, I think sometimes we can look at, our, our, the women in our church can look at their husbands perhaps and say, in different times of their marriage, am I supposed to submit to him or am I supposed to submissively resist him in this mm-hmm. moment? Right? Because there's, Peter talks about living with an unbelieving husband in a submissive resistance type of a way mm-hmm. um, in, in an effort to win them um, to Christ and that their conduct would would so do. And so what am I supposed to do that, right? Am I supposed to just kind of go along willy-nilly and let my husband continue to make stupid mistakes Mm -hmm. and just be like, I trust you, honey, Mm -hmm. because I trust you, my Lord. (laughs) You already did this thing with the Pharaoh, and you're going to do it again? (laughs) Not a good idea. you're the one who said it was okay for Hagar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know I presented it to you, all that stuff. Yeah. What do you, in the same vein, we have to look beyond the imperfect husband. As he follows the Lord, we can, you guys can follow him, but you look beyond the imperfect husband to a perfect father, to a perfect God who you can submit to and can trust. And trust that he is even going to use a flawed man in the, um, on the tracks of his precepts mm-hmm. to accomplish his will. Yeah. And, and it, it was, that pattern was set up last week in yeah. looking to the city to come. Yes. It was one of the things that I don't remember if you said it or not, but it's what I heard. And so I, I, I liked it. So you can, you can have it. <laughs> you said if he hasn't healed you yet, and he has a really, really good reason for why you are in your state. If he has not, and I, I don't know if I heard this word yet. Yeah, I said you. that. Yeah. Okay. So, because it's it's not just a yet as in today, yeah. But uh, one day, one day, all will be made right. All will be made right. Yes. And, and that's what we ultimately look forward to. Yeah, I would say to the to um, the ladies in our church, the wives in our church, who, you know, like I just said about your physical body, um, and 
being unrealistic about um, healing, I would look to First Peter chapter 3, read it and memorize it. This is what a godly wife is supposed to look like. And I'll use, I'll use um, a personal analogy just because those are always the best ones. It was funny yesterday in my sermon, I, I was talking about how can you trust an imperfect husband? I looked down at my wife, just like nodding her head. <laughs> Preach, preacher. And I said, yep, we, we had this conversation this week because that's why I don't like preaching on certain things, by the way. Because yeah. uh, you're like, okay, I have to learn this. Um, and, and we had this conversation this week and we looked at, first Peter three, cause Bryn is trying to walk as a godly wife. Like how am I, supp- I want to submit to my husband, but I'm a, we're both under no illusion that I'm the, the perfect leader, right? Mm-hmm. I'm flawed, but as I walk in obedience to God's word, she knows she can follow. But one thing I, she said, so, but how, how am I supposed to know if I'm supposed to be submissively resisting you mm-hmm. in this, in this area? And so, um, we, we were laughing our heads off at the end of this um, conversation because I said, well, babe, I said, if, if I'm walking in like blatant disobedience and sin and, and you've called me, you've walked Matthew 18, you call me to repentance and I'm not like, you better be going to my fellow elders, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you are going to, from their wisdom, figure out what that submissive resistance looks like. I said, but... But you don't have to apply this submissive resistance to when I go and buy a cheeseburger and blow the budget. <laughs> and she just lost it and started like cracking up. She's like, that's true. And I was like, he's buying a cheeseburger. Submissive resistance. Repent. He's got us on speed dial. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, yeah, Jeffrey's buying burgers again. Right? <laughs> I can't follow him. Um, and she was laughing. She's like, yeah. And her desire to be a godly wife and to, to be what the Lord has called her to be. Mm-hmm. And also to call me to be a, to be a, um, to lady wisdom in yeah. my ear, mm-hmm. uh, has her sometimes in that intense posture. And I'm like, yeah. this is not something that you apply all the time. Right? Yeah. Like, no, you can, you can trust mm-hmm. that. Um, if I bought a cheeseburger again, I'm being, I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're pretty tight this about our budget. cheeseburger wouldn't happen to have Damascus steel and uh, a flipping uh, a flip set, would it? No, it's not that. Well, I mean, you're wearing your Benchmade hat. So. This is true, yeah. So there, are, there are a few things that I can, there are a few hobbies, quote unquote, <laughs> that sometimes get a little expensive. Uh, I'm trying to repent of those things. Good cheeseburgers. Yes, very good cheeseburgers made out of steel and... My car to scale. Well, if I have learned anything, it's that you are God's cheeseburger. What does that mean? It's a it's a Veggie Tales song. Oh, <laughs> Veggie Tales! Don't get me started. If he dropped the cheese on the floor, he would get down on his hands and knees and oh. pick it up for you. Is that? I thought that was a Matt Chandler uh, sermon. It would not surprise me. Jesus wants the cheeseburger. Uh, well, so does Rusty. So. Okay, all right. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. Um, well, tell Bren to make these cheeseburgers in her pot. This is true. That's what this is, there you go. That's true. She can make cheeseburgers Bring in the pot. Full circle. So there you go. I, I could have gone down a, a First Peter chapter 3. I could have talked James 5 more. So I kind of meshed it all together and no, it was by good. God's it, grace. It fit yesterday well. We're going to tackle this particular topic 
uh, pretty pretty hard uh, on the Kings table because this is the yeah. very natural other side of the patriarchy discussion that we yeah. talk about. Uh, the, the male leadership that you have is not just Jesus. Right. <laughs> you get us. <laughs> right. And I, yeah, exactly. And I would say, just to be clear here, while you're waiting on King's table to come out, first Peter three says that, um, there's a, there's a way to walk in submissive resistance to an unbelieving spouse. Um, and I believe a part of that is by going and submitting to your elders and asking for counsel and wisdom. This mm-hmm. does not mean, uh, for those women who are believers, who have unbelieving husbands, that they should just roll over willy-nilly and say whatever you want, babe. This is why I was encouraging the ladies yesterday. Like, you have to stand on your own two feet mm-hmm. as a believer. Like, you have to cultivate personal holiness. Submission to your husband in a godly way doesn't look like, oh, I'm empty-headed and have no idea or thoughts on my own. I have to go ask my husband what yeah. to think. Now, you know the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You should know the scriptures, and you should be able to bring those to bear in a moment when your husband is walking in disobedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right and and it not in a not in wielding it in a manipulative way, mm-hmm. but l- plainly l- speaking plainly and laying it out before him and calling him to walk in repentance and see what happens. And see that each of those opportunities is the Lord growing you in your faith. He is, yeah, and <laughs> and it, if he responds in humility and repentance, um, praise God. Don't hold that over his head. Yeah. If he continues to walk in disobedience and and uh, resistance. Then, then you gotta have to think about changing your tactic a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, yeah. None of that happens in a vacuum. It's it's all part of the, yeah. the journey together. We even see that in the passage yeah. yesterday. Yeah, very true, very true. But well, if yeah, go ahead. We look forward to tackling that some more on King's Table. And uh, yeah, the, the, yesterday was a good package together. I mean, you, you hit all those different components. So well, praise God. I was encouraged by uh, this uh, personal application piece for me of seeing something bigger mm-hmm. looking beyond uh the little thing that's in my hand not despising that and seeing mm. something that that could grow into yeah and i think that that's i think that's really um needed in our church right now mm-hmm. um to not grow weary and well-doing and to see something beyond yeah and sarah had to do that because you know next couple of verses talk about all these dying <laughs> right without seeing the complete fulfillment of these things mm-hmm. and he's speaking of something bigger he's talking about they didn't see the messiah yeah they didn't see christ which when i look at their faith and i look at my faith i've seen the messiah mm-hmm. right i have seen i see the whole picture i have everything that i need to see from god's word and i think lord have mercy i don't have the faith i need yeah right or i should so so strengthen my faith but that's been a, a good application piece for me is how do I cultivate seeing something bigger? And I think a part of that is dream about it. Mm-hmm. I'm a visionary and a dreamer. Like dream about what you want your kids to be one day and what you want your family to be and what you want this church to be and what this city could look like if if the gospel really got into its veins and and we started really living like Jesus is Lord. And like what does that takes- look like? One little step to get things started. Yeah, exactly. And then you just take the first step yeah. and don't despise the thing that's in your hand. Be faithful with what you got mm-hmm. and let that grow into something. Let that mustard seed grow into a giant tree yeah. that uh, that shades so much and where the birds of the air come and find a nest. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, we hope that this has been helpful and want to encourage you to do what you just heard. Go know, love, and obey the Lord as God just pictured that. <laughs> the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> And the Father of all, Amen. <laughs> and how many padres? <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>